the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You know, I try to get you to retirement, trying new ways to motivate you. Speaking with someone the other night, and they're like, a lot of what you say sometimes is saying the same things in different ways. I'm like, duh. How many ways can you say money is about a budget? That's the first thing you have to learn, right? And sadly, I'm talking to a 35-year-old princess, a 25-year-old surfer, a 45-year-old bitter divorcee, a guy who's made minimum wage his whole life, kind of got by watching Two and a Half Men, laughing and chuckling. How shall we say the dimwit? So yeah, I, I got to talk. You know, first things first. Got to have a budget. How much money's coming in? How much money's going out? So I was a little taken back when someone was like, "Financial planning's really not that difficult." Well, trust me, it's it's a lot more difficult than I make it sound. You know, financial planning when you start looking for alternatives to bonds, when you start understanding that most of the people in financial media. Don't have your best interest. You know, I love Jim Cramer on a, at least he gets people talking about money level. But I hate the fact that in one show he can talk about 20 stocks he likes and dislikes. That's not a good thing. That is a very, very bad thing, all things considered. Because I was going through a list of stocks that I like and, man, I'm just not being, I'm not feeling good about me lately. I need to pick me up. If anyone wants to call and pick me up and pump up my ego, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. And I was talking about stocks that I think you can accumulate. Once you have that budget, you kind of need goals. Your goal should be at least a million dollars before you retire. Or a pension that pays you forty to $60,000 because that's comparable to a million dollars. Forty to $60,000, you may not be able to live the way you're living now, but you could live. I'm comfortable saying that. You may not be able to see the grandkids. You may not be able to have filet mignon with peppercorn sauce, but you could live. So let's talk about names that are great names. Like General Electric. It's gone from four and a half bucks to twenty three bucks since nineteen ninety. It didn't have the best two thousands. I could have used 1980 as an example, and it would have been like a buck. I could have gone back to the 70s, and it would have been like 20 cents. But I used General Electric because I know it's a company that's underperformed in the 2000s. A lot of people are pissed about it. A lot of people are angry at it. And look what it's done over a 20-year period, 25-year period. It's gone from five, roughly, to 23, and it's paid a dividend along the way. Goldman Sachs is a, a poster boy for a company that got into trouble, right? 
Since 2000, in 14 years, it's gone from 60 to 140. Yeah, it, it was 200 plus. And everyone's going, oh, the, the financial crisis. A lot of people decide they don't, get a, they don't want to get rich because they want to try not to get rich. The best way for the average listener out there is to start with a budget. Then come up with some goals in your life. I want a boat. I could retire on a boat. I could be like that guy, Magnum. Did, Ma- did Magnum live on a boat? No, Magnum lived in a house. Someone lived on a boat. If you go back to the 80s and 90s TV. Anyhow, you get the idea. Um, you have to have some priorities. What do you want? Do you want a boat? Do you want to pay for kids college? Do you want to have kids? A kid from 0 to 17 is X amount of dollars, roughly 330000 From 17 to 21 while you're paying for their college, if you're paying for their college, which we'll talk about, it's another 250000 So a kid's like a $500,000 decision. So suddenly, if your goal is a million, your goal is $1.5 million. Oh, and you added a spouse? Add at least another 500000 onto that. So your goal is now $2 million of earnings in your lifetime. No, no, of savings in your lifetime. So there's some great companies out there, McDonald's. I've been talking about McDonald's, and this guy gave me flack, and this is why I'm feeling bad about myself. He goes, all the stocks that you like are at 52-week highs, and you can't really like them when they're at 52-week highs. You want to wait for a pullback. That's right. And I've been talking about all these stocks for 10 years. As long as I've been on radio for 17-plus years, I've been talking about names like Philip Morris. Because my dad died 20 years ago from smoking. And I thought it was ironic that one of the best companies in the world from a balance sheet is the company that killed him, that took him to his grave early. But since 1990, well, since 2008, 2008, because Philip Morris and Altria split up, it's gone from 50 to 92. From 2008 to today, plus a 3.6% dividend yield along the way. Starbucks has been a hell of a roller coaster. But you know what? They don't have a lot of competition in the world of publicly traded stocks. They've diversified their company into tea. They bought Tivana. They bought a tea company, Tazo Tea. So basically the hot beverage market they own. Right? They've started buying smoothies and they're like, no, don't do it. They bought a bread company. They're trying to compete with Panera. No, don't do it. You have the you have us with coffee. But they realize that when you go to Panera, you might have a cup of coffee and they want to be that experience as well. So ever since Visa came public, I've said, you know, I like Visa because I don't like people. Dollar bills are dirty. So every day I'm giving you the, the basics. Procter & Gamble. You know, I tell you, I like 32 teeth women. Can't have 32 teeth if you don't brush your teeth. They will fall out. Which my dentist said something fascinating to me. Because I like asking professionals real questions. So when I'm get, you know, getting my teeth clean, I'll say, what toothpaste do you use? And they're like, don't use whiteners. Use the simple, basic fluoride toothpaste. Basic. Don't use any of the, the complicated stuff. It's all crap that rips up your teeth. I'm like, that's interesting. Ask my dentist. Use a water pick. Yeah, I got a water pick that attaches to my shower. There's some sort of, you go to Amazon and look up water picks and it goes into your shower. The reason people don't like water picks is because it gets water all over your, your counter. So if you get a water pick in the shower, ta-da, right? Water picks are great because then you don't have to floss. And I said, which is more important, brushing or flossing? I had to choose one because I can only choose one. 
flossing. Your tongue's going to get most of the gook out. Now, why do I tell you this? Because most people don't have good insurance. And if you don't have good insurance, losing a tooth is going to cost you somewhere between $1,000 to get it extracted, to 6000 to get it extracted and put a pen in and get another one put in. Insurance might cover a little bit of it. Good teeth care is good financial planning. So let's say you're poor, brush your teeth. At least brush your teeth. So, Nike, do you think they have competition? Not really. Every now and then there's something cute that comes along, like Crocs. Kids are wearing these little plastic shoes. And, like, they're, they're, they're and yeah, it has, this, it has its day. There's no doubt. But in the end, when I decided to go running this weekend, I'm going to pick up my trusty pair of Nikes. Union Pacific, since 1990, a train company has gone from 17 to 150. Now, the trains went through a lot of pain in the late 80s. That's almost unfair. I like Kansas City Southern a little bit more right now. But they don't have a lot of competition. Let's see you and I decide to open a train company. Good luck to us. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show, on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KBOW and Radio Station. Be wary of green deeds. Be wary of land deeds. One of the biggest scams going around. I know a really good person who recently associated with land deeds. Back in the late 1990s, it was a pretty big scam in California where there was a company that was based at Redwood City. They got sued to the tune of $500 million for taking people's IRA and converting it into real estate. Or taking the equity in it and converting it. Beware of people who try to sell you a certified copy of a deed to the property. Beware of people who try to go out and buy land for you. We're buying land in L.A. 40 miles East of L.A. And you're like, okay, let's think about that. Well, that's the desert. It's not a very good idea. It really bummed me out to find out that I know someone that fell prey to, that sounds like a good idea. Be cautious when you are a limited partner. Now, if you're talking like a publicly traded limited partner, like a oil line, A pipeline? There's some great pipelines. Absolutely wonderful investments where 
they get a big chunk of change for having a pipeline when someone like ExxonMobil needs to deliver natural gas through it. Somebody like ExxonMobil goes, I got 100 million square feet of natural gas and I need to move to to a factory out in in the West. They're not going to just put it on a boat. They're not just going to put it on a helicopter. They got to use other people's pipelines to get there. That's a great master loan partnership. Here's a bad one. Um, we're sitting at this condo in Vegas, and it's run by Trump. Donald Trump's going to sell a part of a master limited partner? No, no, Ivanka. <laughs> this is actually a true story. So people go to a seminar, and they see this little video of Ivanka Trump going, No, darling, I'm a little tower, and you too can be part of it. And you're like, whoa, if Ivanka's doing it, it must be good, because she wants touch Donald. So be very, very, very cautious on real estate deals with other people where you're writing a check to them. I've seen it in very, very badly. I see a lot of real estate deals in badly. If you want to go out and buy a property and it's yours, that's fine. That's your risk. Don't let someone else do it for you. There's six key components in switching back to stocks. There's six key components that you have to know to being a diversified portfolio. I started off the top of the hour by talking about, you know, McDonald's and Nike and Pepsi and Procter and Philip Morris and Starbucks and Visa and Goldman Sachs and you know, while I was doing my notes the other day, I wrote down Washington Mutual, but I meant to write down Wells Fargo. That's like telling your broker you want to buy Cisco, and he goes out and buys the guy who sings the thong song. Thong, 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 thong. And then you're like, no, 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 no. And then he goes out, he sells that, and he goes out and buys the network and equipment company. And you're going like, no, 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 I meant Cisco with an S, the, the, the food retailing trucking company. So you have to be careful. So you need to define investment goals and constraints in a portfolio. What's the goal of the portfolio? What's it not supposed to do? If it's supposed to limit downside, you probably don't want high-flying tech stocks. If it's supposed to get you income, you probably want some dividend players in there. You can get some 1% to 2% yielders, some 2 to 3% yielders, some 3 to 5% yielders, some 5 to 7% yielders. And then at that point in time, your income starts to become risky. Second thing you want to do in a portfolio is have a very strategic allocation amongst the asset classes that you feel very comfortable with. Equities, fixed income, and cash. Those are asset classes that a portfolio should be built around. When you start adding other asset classes, you're going to get into trouble. Third, you want sub-asset allocation within the classes, such as U.S. equities, international equities, large equities, mid-cap equities, small-cap equities. So right now, if I had a 401k in front of me, I would say my three asset classes, I want to be stocks, equities, fixed income, bonds. I could even go and say, an alternative that may be a REIT. And third, cash. I always want to have some cash. It sucks having cash because cash gets you no great return. But when there's a crash in the stock market, cash is blood. It's, it's like awesomeness. 
I know you're saying, is blood awesomeness? Are you a vampire? Is there something we need to know about you, sir? Ivan, one, one, one. He's probably my favorite Sesame Street character as a kid, the Count. And kids still are beloved by him. Okay, so you want to have some defined investment goals first. Second, you want to have some, you know, equities, stocks, bonds, and cash. Third, you want some sub-asset classes. U.S., international, large, small. And I said if I had a 401k in front of me, I'd say, let's start with 20% large cap, 20% mid cap, 20% small cap, 20% international, 20% some sort of income, whether it be REITs or bonds. And then you could refine it from there. But that's start. Fourth on the list, you want allocation indexed or actively managed assets. Do you want a, a mutual fund with a mutual fund manager, or do you want a mutual fund that's just an index, like the S&P 500, the Russell 2000, Russell 3000, the Wilshire 5000, the Morgan Stanley Country Index? There's different indexes that you can buy. Indexes tend to be cheaper because you don't have to pay for the manager. manager has a staff. He has a secretary. He doesn't want to work anymore because he wants to play around with the secretary, so he hires a research assistant. So suddenly your mutual fund that's actively managed becomes expensive. Fifth, for taxable investors, allocation in taxable or tax-advantaged accounts is what you want to start thinking about. And finally, to have a diversified portfolio, selection of individual managers, funds, or securities. I started the show by giving you a lot of stocks, i.e. securities, equities. In the second segment, I start talking about how you develop a diversified portfolio. I don't know what the third segment is going to be yet. I can tell you one thing you never want to do. You never, ever want to borrow stocks on margin. That's like a credit card. You don't want to buy stocks on a credit card. And another thing you don't want to do is short stocks, because there's always someone dumber than you. In America, we bought pet rocks in the 1970s. We will buy anything. So even if you know a company's going to zero, don't short it, because you might get burned. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. FINRA's got a big beware part of their website. It's an insurance company. It's an insurance regulator. If you have children, you should go to FINRA and read up about scams so you can warn your kids what not to do. One of them is private real estate investment trusts. Not all private REITs are bad, but they are not appropriate for most people. A private REIT should also include the word venture capital. Because what it is, is you're giving money to someone to go out and buy real estate for you, to manage it, to develop it. And it may or may not work. And you get paid dividends by other people's cash, not by the cash of the building, not by the cash of the business, but by other people. It, in any other world, that looks like a pyramid scheme, right there. 
What, you mean I got to get paid from another round of financing and not from the business? And you're hoping that all goes well. It doesn't always always go well. Because if I were to start a private read, I could say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get 10 brokers, and I'm going to ask them to go get me $100,000 each. And with that million dollars, I'm going to build a building for $100,000. I'm going to party for 900000 It could happen. You need to be incredibly cautious. You only live once, in my opinion. Hopefully the heaven thing works out for us. And hopefully we get another life, and hopefully we come back as a cow or whatever your religion tells you. But you only really live once right now in the real world. Try not to get scammed. You know, I've got another thing that I've started latching on to is careers. Being able to see the pyramids, which I highly recommend, they're dirty rocks in a hot desert, something everyone should do. In order to see the pyramids, you have to have income to get there. It ain't cheap flying across an ocean, and it's getting more expensive. So one of the things I've been pushing a little bit more, a little bit more passively, is the concept of your degree. The jobs of the future may or may not require a degree because our society is getting older and we don't necessarily need computer programmers as much anymore as we start getting saturated with technology as we're going to need someone who can rub my back because it hurts. My hips blew up. I need help learning how to walk again. The fastest growing jobs in America are pretty low-skilled. Low-skilled meaning you don't have to have a college degree. But the fastest-growing jobs in America, as far as low skills go, aren't that low skill. So this is a little bit kind of freaky when you start thinking about it. One of the fastest-growing jobs right now, brick masons, block masons, stone masons, tile and marble setters. If you've ever done that, that's, you have to have a pretty good skill. I know it, it, it goes contrary to what you're thinking. Tradesmen aren't going away. Go and try to lay some plumbing in your house. Get frustrated. Call a carpenter and find out how much they charge. So some of the skills as we age are going to shift. As we move from an economy that is aging, one of the things you could do is Google jobs of the future if you're 15 to 25 years old. Some of the top jobs, physical therapist, bicycle repairers, it's not the top job, but it's a job of the future. More and more Americans are going to turn to bicycles as energies get more expensive. Diagnostic sonographers. Marriage and family therapists. You can make a lot of money as a family therapist. 
a lot of money. Uh, pile driver operators. That's a category that's jumping from 2010 4% to 5.6%. Veterinarian's not going to go away. Carpenter's not going to go away. Again, I'm not saying don't go to college. I'm saying you have to start thinking about how expensive college is, what sort of bang you're going to get on your buck. You know, that makes $83,000. Your pet gets sick, go find out how much they make. It ain't cheap. Um, convention planners, event planners, wedding planners. Start thinking about this stuff. Another th- piece of advice I like to throw out on a regular basis is avoid social pressures. I have the smallest house on my street. It kind of stinks. I've got probably the nicest yard because everyone else has said, you know what, who needs a yard when I could build a bigger house? Be frugal and have fun. So right there I say it, avoid social pressures. Everyone on my street has a nicer house than me, bigger house. Bigger house. Be frugal and have fun. What does that mean? You don't have to spend a lot of money to have a good time in life. I've got a friend who, you know, bikes all around the Bay and goes to college sporting events. Doesn't even pay for the college sporting events. Sits in the grassy knolls as an old guy who once was in college. And he's totally fine and he's totally content. He gets to see young people in their prime. Okay, so it may end badly for him one day. But you can be frugal and have fun. Another piece of advice I like throwing out is be disciplined with your savings. Don't once and done. That's not going to get you to where you need to be. Every two weeks you have to max out your 401k. And 10 years later and 20 years later and 30 years later, you're going to look back and say, I got a lot of money. You need to max out the 401k. Your 403b, your 457, your Roth. Whatever saving vehicles you have set aside for the time when you no longer work, when your hip blows up and someone has to teach you how to walk again, you got to save 10 to 15% of every paycheck because you work from 20 to 60 and you go paycheck to paycheck. When that paycheck goes away, you better have a pretty good little nest egg so you can start paying yourself. If you ever leave a company, I like rolling it over. I think credit cards are a really bad idea for most Americans. Now, it's fine to have a credit card with mileage. Mileage. I just made up a... I think I just turned Jewish. Or New York Jewish. Welcome to Coffee Talk. Mileage. It's okay to get your miles and your points and your airline stuff. That's great. But pay it off every month. And, like, did you know that paying off your balance every month isn't paying off your total every month? Your balance averages out. Like, if you send in an extra payment or not send in an extra payment, you may find that your $5,000 limit, you thought you were paying it off, but because you had paid off 2000 the month before, your average was 7000 somehow you only pay four of it, and then you're carrying a balance. Try not to carry that balance, because that's what kills you. 
And if you're buying groceries on a credit card, you're doing something wrong in life. So when you decide to get a home, when you decide to get a car or a boat, which is totally legit, as my friend MC Hammer would say, too legit, too legit to quit, whatever you want, I want you to have. That's fine, as long as you continue to fund your, your retirement first. Second, you can go see the Avengers. You can go get a $50 bottle of wine instead of a $10 bottle of wine. Third, if you want a house or a boat or a cabin, I'm fond of the cabin ideas. I like going off the grid. I like going a couple days without shaving. Makes me feel like a man. Now, of course, I shave my neck and my my beard. I'm talking about my, my back. I grow it out on weekends. So, yeah, it's fine when you want something nice. And I laugh at people who have BMWs because most of them are poor. I drive around a VW that's beat up and old. And, yes, I want to get a new vehicle. And, yes, my next – and I had a truck, and I decided to give it to charity. And, yes, my next vehicle is going to be another truck because then I look more like a man. In a BMW, I look like a, a wuss. I'm going to say it. I'm going to look like, I look like a, oh, he's got a BMW. He must make money. I'd rather look like a man, like I'm going to take care of you. Like you look good with me. I kill things. I eat what I kill. And, of course, I, I wouldn't ever kill anything or eat what I kill, and I would you know, never get my hands really dirty, but you got to sell some image in the world, right? It's all about perception. Come dance with me. Let's take Uno Breco. That's a break in Mexican, for those of you who don't know, Spanish, American, Mexican. It's Rob Black and your money. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. The internet, robblack.com. I'm Rob Black. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KBOW and iHeart Radio Station. point in time, I'm going to be replaced by a monkey who can hit symbols better than I can, because that's all I am, a monkey who can hit symbols. When you look around at various media people, just know that we're all monkeys that can hit symbols. And when there's a smarter, faster, cheaper monkey, typically in media, it's the cheaper monkey, that's what gets done. Here's some simple principles. You're going to make mistakes in life. You're going to lose money. You're going to need money. Your washer's going to break in a humiliating fashion 
the day after the warranty is over, as if mocking you. Time, at a healthy savings rate, 10 to 15%, will fix everything in your life. Your top two financial priorities should be maxing out your 401k plan every year and paying off your credit account balance every month. If you do just those two things, you're going to be in better shape than most Americans. Now, that's a humiliating thing for me to say, right? One in ten Americans are going to have to work in their 80s. One in ten Americans are going to have to work in their 80s. Four in ten are going to have to work in their 70s. And there's going to be a lot of poverty in that. Next principle. Your employer stock is the riskiest stock you can own. Okay? 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 Because you already rely on them for your health and your life insurance, typically. Sometimes your disability insurance. So then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm going to put my retirement in this, too. Be cautious on that. If a company gives you stock options, I look at that as income. They didn't give you stock options because you're lovely. Well, maybe, maybe the boss is trying to cover something up. Oh, here's an extra 10000 of stock options. Please don't tell my wife. Okay? Next tip. If you invest in just a couple of stocks, the odds suggest it's going to lag the market. How come? In any year, the market return is driven by a minority of stocks that post blowout gains. There's years where Netflix rock and rolls. There's years where Starbucks rocks and rolls. So you need to diversify in order to get to where the market is. Now, how many is too many? I'd say 25 stocks is starting to get too many. Maybe 30? It's a lot to manage, unless you're doing it professionally. There's one guy out there whose name rhyme was Tisher, who puts you on 100 stocks knowing that it's tough to leave his portfolios. Next tip. Next principle. If you need the money back within a few months, within a few years, it's foolish to own stocks. Now, if you don't need your cash for 10 or 20 years, it's foolish to have it in cash because you're actually investing it in corporations and becoming an owner. Investors collectively can't beat the stock market because collectively they are the stock market. So what I've already told you is just a couple stocks and you're going to underperform too many stocks, and you're going to become the market. If asked for a market forecast, your best advice is, I'm cautiously optimistic. We're at all-time highs. What do you think is going to happen, Rob? I think things, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable capitalism is going to rule. Back in 2008, the market's down 50%. What's your prediction, Rob? I'm pretty optimistic that, you know, I don't see monkeys flying. People are still consuming fuel. People are still driving, which cars are going to have to be made at some point in time. I don't see people like selling gold nuggets on the side of the road. Next tip. Tip number eight. If you hear a stock touted on television or read about its healthy earnings in a paper or a magazine, that news is probably pretty old. So when Herb Greenberg's out there saying, oh, this stock, I'd short this stock, everyone already knows that. Oh, Jim Cramer, oh, this stock, I love this stock. Or if you hear Sue Zorman chime in with a piece of financial advice, tip of the day. Sue Zorman? Sue? 
Susan was, she had some grass in her mouth. Next tip. A tumbling stock market is upsetting, but it doesn't hurt you in any way, shape, or form. Right? Are you with me? If you have your emergency fund, if you have your cash in the bank, if you still have a paycheck, the market can be down 10, 15, 20, 30%. You know the best time for me to invest recently? It was 2008, 2009 when the market was down. Time before that was Iraq War II when the market panicked because we're going after Saddam Hussein. Time before that was Iraq War I. Saddam Hussein has made me more money, given me more opportunities to be greedy than any other person on the planet. Bring it on, Kim Jong-un. Get the market scared. Tip number 10. Inflation is a lot more worrisome than Kim Jong-un. Inflation is a lot more worrisome than any boogeyman that you can come up with. Because the value of your dollar, you're going to need water. You're going to need shelter. You're going to need food. And if it becomes more and more expensive, you better make your money work. It better not be in cash because it ain't working in cash. It's deflating. It's losing to inflation. Tip number 11. If you don't fully understand an investment, don't buy it. And tip number 12, or 11 and a half, Take your time buying a stock. Your stock tip of the day is... Someone just wrote that down. How do you spell... What's the ticker symbol on... It's, it's the sister stock to... Anyway, I'm Rob Black. Me loves you. Except for that weird guy with big teeth. Stop staring at me at events, please. You unsettled me. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm kind of bouncing around content today. Some, some days are going to be like that. Some aren't. If that bothers you, I'm sorry. If you want to know about the hot stock of the day, I'm going to do that next week. I'll do it on a day that I don't tell you. Now, we all know I kind of hate people, right? Hate Suze Orman, hate Jim Cramer. I kind of like Jim Cramer, but I think he hurts people. And it's sad that he's got the church of people that dig him, that don't understand what they're doing is counterintuitive to wealth. So I kind of hate people, right? You know the people that I hate the most? The people that look at you as if you've got some sort of magic stock that you're about to release. They're looking at you as if you're going to save their whole life. What city should I move to? Denver. There you go. I just gave you the the tip. If I were young and barely getting by, i.e. paycheck to paycheck or less, I'm moving. I live in the Bay Area. I would live somewhere cheaper. So let's say you live in London or Seattle or San Francisco. 
I would take a look at the young upcoming cities. And here's how you find out young upcoming cities. Google young upcoming cities. I can tell you them. Raleigh. Memphis. I know you're saying, I don't want to move to Memphis. Oklahoma City. Not Knoxville. There's another one in Tennessee where the Radio Grand Ole Opry is. That one? Um, great music culture. Seattle's still pretty good. Portland's okay, but you have to have a tattoo. Literally. You get off the plane and they tat you. They sleeve you. There's some cities like Denver, I think, that are, that are great. Um, somewhere in Idaho, the capital of Idaho, that's good because it's close to another state that used to be great. I would, any mid-sized college town is always going to have jobs. Charlottesville, Virginia. College towns have a, a, a cool perk. You typically get hot, that's easy for me to say. With college towns, you typically get hospitals, research centers, young people, a music scene, sometimes a lower cost of living. Very few college towns are in New York City. Very good colleges are located. Eh, I'm not going to say that. That's not fair. But would I buy a place in Princeton? Hell yeah, I'd buy a place in Princeton. So the people that I despise the most are the people that stare and look for answers. Like, you can figure this out on your own. Elsewhere out there. The people that I despise are people that look at their portfolio and go, how much did I make this year? Because you know what? It's not about this year. It's about the finish line. Where are you when the game is over? Because that's... I'm not going to say that's the thing that you're going to be judged on. But that's what matters. Now, if your goal is to make a million dollars in three years, sure, look at your performance year one, year two, and year three. But typically your goal is to make money over 20, 30, 40 years. I'm a distance runner. And man, I hate that first mile. I hate it. But when I'm into my run, mile three, four, five, six kind of all merge together. And then when I get on my home stretch, my road, I'm thrilled because I can see the house. That's the way you need to think about money. And stop looking at me. On Wall Street, you have to start to learn that price doesn't mean anything. Warren Buffett stock, $250,000 or $2.50 stock. There's not a difference in the world. It's can that company, Berkshire Hathaway, continue to grow at a pace of 8 to 10%? And or can that $2.50 company continue to grow at an 8 to 10%? 8 to 10% is what I call capitalism. Expecting less, you should probably be looking at fixed income bonds. Expecting more, and you're speculative. And you should probably give me money and let me go to Vegas and do single-hand blackjack. But they don't do single-hand blackjack. So I've recently upped my hand. I've upped my game. I've stretched it out over 12 hours. Single-hand blackjack's the only parlor game that you have a chance at. If you're well-funded... And you're patient.
Everything else is speculation. So price at the mall, there is a big difference. Well, not necessarily. Jacques Pony, CEO Ron Johnson, ex-CEO Ron Johnson, taught us that, you know, you know, I'm tired of this stupid retail game where we get a shirt for $25, we put a price tag on it for 50 and then we discount it 50%, and that brings people in to buy it at $25. It's a shame he didn't last because that kind of honesty was refreshing. Price bears no tie to quality on stocks. There's no difference between a 250 stock and $25,000 stock. At the mall, there's probably a difference between, or let's say at the restaurant, there's probably a difference between a $50 steak and a $5 steak. You know what's funny? And this is embarrassing to admit. In my 20s, I think I was found once in a TGIF. I know. If you find me in a TGIF today, you win 10000 American dollars. Or 1 million lira. Or, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me change that. If you ever find me in a uh, TGIF, I will give you 1 million Iraqi dinar. If I can make that much money in five seconds. That's absolutely true, Napoleon. But what else can you do? Are you good with nunchucks? I caught you a delicious bass. Caught me a delicious bass? That's a skill. You know one of the best investments you can do this weekend? Let's say you have let's say you have a big green tree in front of your house. Go chop it down and get a lemon tree. And anytime you need lemons, you got free lemons. Okay. Okay, okay. Over the long haul, a mediocre stock is going to outperform a brilliant bond or money fund manager. When I was waiting tables in college, we'd have, um, uh, that story's not worth telling. Okay, there was gumbo. And someone would say, so how's your gumbo? And I'd say, it's kind of mediocre. No rim shot? I'm really busy right now. Sorry, Napoleon. I know you're busy, but I could use a rim shot. How's your gumbo? It's, well, it's meaty okra. Thank you. So over the long term, a mediocre stock fund is now perform a brilliant bond or money manager, in my opinion. There's nothing sexy about Vanguard's portfolios. But if you put a gun in my head and say American funds... Or Vanguard funds? I'm going Vanguard funds. There's nothing sexy. It's the granny panties of investment vehicles. It's not thongs. Thong, 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 thong. They're useful. It was Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online, robertonegro.com. Robblack.com, for those of you who don't speak intellectualese. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
from Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I hope you're always trying to improve yourself. My goal of the show is not to make money the key-centric of the world. But my goal of the show is to make sure that you are able to fund the things that are important to you. So when I tell you over the long term a mediocre stock fund is going to outperform a brilliant bond or money fund manager... Stocks beat bonds, bonds beat real estate. That's history. Yes, you're going to hear you know, Joe Blow come on and say, it's now a good time to buy real estate, always is a good time to buy real estate, because he's in the business of getting commissions and transactions from a real estate. Are you going to hear people say, you know, the stock market's dangerous? When the stock market's at an all-time high, they're telling you it's dangerous. God, this stuff gets me worked up. For every dollar that you pay into mortgage interest, you might save 28 cents in taxes. Assuming you're at the 28% federal tax bracket or the 30% tax bracket or the 35% tax bracket. In other words, paying $1 mortgage interest will leave you 72 cents poor. That same brutal math is tied towards tax deductions for making charitable gifts or paying state, local, and property taxes. I don't want you paying off your mortgage until you're rich or when you're poor. Your mortgage is the lowest cost of debt possible. Plus, it's got a tax deduction to it. Plus, it doesn't readjust for inflation. So, if you think your house will be worth $2 million in 30 years from now, and it's a $1 million, and you can get a $1 million mortgage, do that one. And invest what you're not paid off. Because over time, stocks get you 10%, 8 to 10%. Over time, bonds get you 6% historically. And real estate gets you 5% historically. Real estate needs, absolutely bleeds for wage inflation. So the easiest way if you're wealthy, to get rid of your wealth without paying estate taxes is to start giving it away. Don't give it away too soon. You know, if you've got three kids and you've got three million and you don't want to get taxed, and you've got a three million dollar house and you've got two or three houses, like, start giving away your money. Give it away while you're alive and your kids can enjoy it. Don't wait till you're dead and you get taxed on it. I wouldn't be me if I didn't say this. Only insure what you can't afford to lose. People who sell you whole life insurance or variable life insurance are slime balls. The cheapest life insurance you can get is term insurance. Most people only need insurance for a term. Okay, I'm going to pretend I'm 25 and I'm in love. And I'm a big executive. I'm a big hot shot at Visa. And I marry a woman who is a quilter. We probably don't need to insure her income because she makes quilts for a living and gives them away to friends. But we need to insure my income until we're wealthy, which would be age 60. So we need probably 35 years of term life insurance. 
if I get the cheapest life insurance and I invest the rest, we'll be wealthy at 60. If we're maxing out the 401k, we'll be wealthy at 60. At 61, if I die, oh, man, couldn't it if you died a year earlier so I could collect on that life insurance? Nope. Variable life insurance has an investment component to it, and it's typically expensive. Variable life insurance has a life insurance policy tied towards it, and it's typically expensive. So you're getting two products that are expensive. And, yes, there's a savings component, but here's the savings component of term life. You get the cheap one for the right term of your life, and then you invest the rest. Most people don't have that discipline. That's the problem. Don't invest in a vacuum. I know you're saying, Rob, a vacuum cleaner, I can't even get in it. It's too small. But don't invest in vacuum. If you're dutifully saving for a long and active retirement, it makes no sense to smoke, to drink, and to never excess and get fat. So if you're obese right now, and you can't remember the events from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. last night, and you badly want to smoke, there's no sense in having a 401k because you ain't going to make it. So don't do it. Just my advice. And you're saying, you are colorful today. You are, you are salty. Um, steer clear of derivatives. Don't bet on any one stock. Try not to get divorced. I know you're saying, but you don't know my wife. Try not to get divorced. Divorce is expensive. A couple mistakes that people make, and I see them make it all too often. Big Christmases. There's no sense in it. I will love you if you get me a bottle of wine. I will love you if you get me a cheap bottle of wine. But share it with me. Tell me the favorite story about your mother. Make me think about my mother. Okay. At age 35 to 45, how much money should you have in retirement? You should at least have, by age 35 to 45, one and a half times your salary. More if you can. But if you're 40 years old and you make $100,000, I want you to at least have $150,000. If you're in an expensive area, like a coastal town, New York, Boston, Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., you know the most expensive towns. I don't have to tell you them. You probably need four times your salary. Okay, if you're 45 to 55, you at least need three times your salary. So if you make 100000 you need to at least have $300,000 saved. I'd like at least five hundred. At 55 plus, you need six times your salary. So you're 55 years old, you make 100000 you need to at least have 600000 saved for your retirement. Otherwise, it's going to be a long retirement. You're going to work into your 60s and your 70s. If you're 70 and you don't have enough for retirement, get in a Italian job and do some white-collar embezzling and go to prison. Because prison's going to be a lot prettier than the, the trailer park. White collar crime. Please, please don't do a blue collar crime because you will not like to be the old guy in the blue collar prison. Welcome to the new age. I got more for you. Don't go away. Probably the most important thing I'm going to ever tell you. Coming up in three seconds. Two. One. 
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Okay, so I just told Producer 7, who eventually is going to be Producer 8, it's just a matter of time, that when I was starting my business in my 20s, my business partner was an older guy, so I was like a younger guy. I was the smart, young buck. He was the older, wise buck. He had uh, tickets to the Washington Redskins, and on occasion, this was back when the Redskins were winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl. They were, like, dominant. Tickets were in high demand, and he was too old to go. So they'd just give him to friends kind of thing. And uh, sure enough, he gave me two tickets, and uh, I'm 20s, in my 20s, and... I'm like, I'm going to go scalp these. I'm going to watch the game on TV and drink $500 worth of beer. Why be there in person and drink nothing, right? So if you work at Visa, Visa sponsors part of the San Francisco Giants outfield, and they give tickets to employees all the time. Take them. Scalp them. Cron TV, I work at Cron TV. They they make they raffle the tickets, which sucks because it's all about odds. They don't just give. Because scalp them. Who's this crazy six foot ten warrior sitting next to me? I don't know. Okay, so here's something of importance. Try to be good looking. How successful you are is typically up to your physical appearance. Your cover letters, how attractive they are. If you spill barbecue sauce on your resume, print another resume. Of course, lick off that barbecue sauce because it's good and tasty. Researchers have found that facial structure, hair color, and weight all affect your paycheck. Okay, so if you have a fractured face, good luck to you. You're not going to go far in the world. Premature bald? Uh Uh-uh. We can't help our genes, of course, but you can do some other things. Dress nicely. If you've got a horsey face like Sarah Jessica Parker, <laughs> grow long hair. If you're a six foot tall male, you're going to make more money than a five foot five counterpart. How much more? $5,500 more on an average salary. So if you're five foot five like Tom Cruise, get into acting, or you're going to make less money than the guy who's six foot tall. Or wear the boot extenders. Wear six-inch heels as a dude. Come out on stage like Gene Simmons from Kiss with big teeth on your shoes. If you're a skinny woman, a woman's weight negatively impacts her household income. One percent in body mass results in six-tenths of a percent point decrease in income. Wow. Right? Caucasian women get most of the financial slack for their higher weight, seeing their wealth drop 12%. In comparison, African-American women who are overweight only see a 7% drop. It's probably one of the rare times in financial demographics where an African-American woman's a little bit... Hmm. I'm going to be careful what I say. Because I feel myself walking into an area that explode into a powder keg. Okay, some quick things. In your 30s, take full advantage of your 401k. If you're doing a 7% contribution in your 20s, 
boosted to 15. Find other tax-deferred ways to save money. Roth IRA, if you qualify, is a great way to save extra money. Get at least two to six months of emergency money put aside because you're going to lose your job in your 30s. I know it's happened to many, many, many people. Now, again, I work in radio and television and finances. Finance is a little bit more stable. Television, pretty stable. Radio, <sighs> staff just, someone on staff just got fired. The wind blew. So cover six months of expenses because you're going to get laid off in your 30s. Or maybe your 40s. But now you've got that emergency fund. Invest for growth. Oh, the emergency fund, just for the record, when you lose your job, live off that. Don't live off your investments. My brother Michael, in the 1990s, there was a big stock correction. He sold his 401k because he, he looked at his legalized gambling, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Is investing in Pepsi or Nike legalized gambling? Stop and tell me, do you think Nike's going to sell a lot of LeBron James shoes? Yes. The answer is yes. And when you're younger and you have time on your side... Invest in Visa and give it 20 or 30 years. Invest in Nike and give it 20 or 30 years. Find the company that you're interested in. You think Intel's going to make semiconductors the next 20 or 30 years? Yeah, but they're not terribly well positioned for mobile. But if you think they're going to come out with that mobile solution, give them 20 or 30 years. In your 40s, up to your late 40s, start rebalancing your portfolio. Again, you need at least three times your average salary by the time you're 45. Otherwise, you're not going to hit retirement. You're going to work till the day you die. You're not going to be able to pay yourself what you want to pay yourself. Stop being obsessed with the Kardashians and Prince Harry. If you're obsessed with either one, you are a loser. Okay? You're not Cinderella. Ella, Ella, Ella. If you're going to raves, you're going to be really embarrassed of that in 10, 20 years. Go over your investment strategy. Are you taking advantage of a down market? Part of my investment strategy is to peel off some of my winners every year to fund my losers in mutual funds. Part of my strategy in stocks is to sell some of my losers and either find new winners or buy more of my winners. That's super simplifying it. So please don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Hey, the man behind the curtain, let me out of here. Start making catch-up contributions in your 50s. There's one of the advantages of being old. You get into movie theaters cheaper. You get early bird meals cheaper. Plus, you can start socking away more money into your 401k. Otherwise, getting old sucks. Your hips are going to blow up. Your teeth are going to fall out. Your hair is going to turn the wrong color. Even if your Harrison Ford, who was a pretty good-looking 50-year-old guy, turned into just a mess. Just a mess when he hit 60. So men, yeah, we age well, but then we get to the point where it's just cruel. Hair starts coming out of our ears in masses. I don't even want to think about it. It gets me so upset. Okay, so in your 50s, start making uh, makeup contributions. Get a reality check. Get a retirement planner. Even a retirement planner calculator is okay, but they all stink because they're all flawed. I live in the state of California where my state income tax is 9.5%. My property taxes are super high. Where you may live in Georgia, where you know you got a dog, 
and you got a porch, and you sit on your porch, and your property taxes are a tenth of mine, maybe a twentieth of mine in some rural areas. Oh, I don't have a phone screener. Oh, let's go to Bill. Bill. Good morning. Good morning. I've got a question. If Bill is your real name. Yes. What's the question? Interest rates. Sometime in the future, they're going to go up. Okay. Would you expect when this begins to occur that they will go up fairly fast or not not too much at all? In other words, 1% or 2% a year or up 5% in one year? What, what would your expectations be? My expectations are I don't know enough to really predict the future without knowing inflation. If inflation goes up 10%, we're going to see interest rates jack up 2 to 3% a year. If inflation's tame, I think it'll be a slow reorder back to 3%, 4%, and then we'll, we'll figure it out from there. I don't see any case where we have wildly out-of-control inflation. What are you worried about? Are you worried? Or you just um, you like making ridiculous predictions about stuff that may or may not happen. I'm, are you worried about it? I am concerned because I'd like to uh, have some money that I'd like to <clears throat> put in a bond index fund, and I had originally planned to put it into intermediate-term bond index fund, but uh, I'm thinking strongly about shifting it to a short-term. Yeah, all my my bond money is short-term. Okay, so that's why I was concerned. Yeah, wait wait till it happens. Don't worry about it till it happens, because it may never happen. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a party we'd have. Okay. So I can't worry about, you got to work with what you've got to work with. And in the next year, two years, there's not a case for a lot higher interest rates. So I'm staying short-term for the next year, two years. Okay. Makes sense. When you see wild inflation, and, you know, I, I am seeing inflation in cars. I am seeing inflation in rentals. There's some cases out there where it's not, the average American's not seeing a lot of wage inflation. But inflation can occur if you've got wage inflation. Inflation, you know, on CPI things, it hurts when there's not wage inflation. So let's wait, because we may get that wage inflation to go with food inflation. Thanks for the call. Oh, where was I before I got rudely interrupted? Okay. In your 50s, you want six times your salary by age 55, minimum. Otherwise, keep working. If you don't have six times your salary, keep working. Get a trade. Become a plumber. Become a marriage counselor. You've been on this planet long enough that you probably have learned to say, I think you two should listen to each other. I don't think you're here. Watch 30 episodes of Dr. Phil and become a marriage counselor. There's some messed up people in the world. If you watch Dr. Phil, I work at a TV station that Dr. Phil's on. There's some people that are... Their eyes are yellow. They drink so much, and they think they should have their children. Yeah, and anyway, it's me and Rob Black. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Thanks for that call, Bill. Real pick-me-up. Wild inflation. It's Rob Black and your buddy on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW. Pull out your lighters. Wave them back and forth. 
Okay. Couple more things. Don't ever invest in the tech of a tech company. It's not going to be a competitive advantage for long. Competition will catch up. There's something called the network effect, which is a competitive advantage of a tech company versus the tech of a tech company. The product becomes a lot more valuable when the more people use it. Adobe became prominent and dominant by that network effect of electronic publishing. Microsoft owns the market for PC operating systems. Apple and Samsung own the gadget world. Apple owns the software part of it. Google's Android owns the software part of it. So back to Adobe. They gave away the Adobe Reader free, but to make a PDF it was expensive. Same thing with what Google's Android does. You don't realize you're being served ads on their free software. You become successful in a tech world if you're Oracle because there's a high switching cost. Now that's starting to change with the cloud. But back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, they would come put the computers in and service them. And it was expensive to rip them out. So there was a high switching cost. If you've been trained on Adobe Photoshop to learn someone else's software, it's expensive. If you've been trained on Microsoft Excel to learn someone else's you know, database software, spreadsheet software, it's expensive because time is money. Some of those barriers disappear over time, but it takes time, and that's when companies pull up the money rake. For the record, I've, I've patented the Darwinian wood chipper and the money rake because Ray Lucia has he patented buckets of money. So you can't say save in that bucket and save in that bucket. I don't think that patent would be challenged if you know what I mean. So you have to say, like, boatloads of money or pantloads of money. I know you're saying pantloads. Ew. I've got a great first date story involving running and no bathroom and bowels. And that's all I'm going to say for now. Um, economies of scale is the technology that you invest in. Intel makes their money because they sell billions and billions of chips. Microsoft still makes tons of money because they sell millions and millions of operating systems. Applied materials, KLA 10 core. And you start saying, who else is there in semiconductor equipment? So they get the volume, volume, volume. You're looking for a cost advantage. At one point in time, Dell had the cost advantage over HP. They were able to manufacture their PCs cheaper. It was that simple. They said, Salesforce, we don't need no stinking Salesforce. Come online, order your PC. And intellectual property is critical. We're starting to get to the point where intellectual property is becoming annoying. The little home button in the middle of a touchpad, Apple has the patent to it. No one else can do that. Are you kidding me? Like, that's when it starts getting annoying, right? So you never want to invest in the tech of a tech fund. You always want to avoid what I refer to as God syndrome. God syndrome is the ability where you go, I know I'm right. Play the cards dealt with you. Dealt to you. Dealt. Play the cards dealt. You can play the cards dealt with you if you want, but I don't know what that's going to look like. 
Um, what does that mean, avoid God syndrome? I've seen people say, gold's going to 3000 I heard Glenn Beck say it. I know it. Home is where you live. It's, it's a liability. First and foremost, know that. Whether you're renting an apartment where you have a 12-month lease or you own a home where you've got a 30-year mortgage, lose your job and tell me that your home is an asset. Uh-uh. Down the road, it was sweet, but immediately it's not an asset. A couple other things that you need to know. Everyone on TV, including myself, is the devil. I, Susie Orman is, Jim Cramer is, because they promise you, like, if you watch my show, you're going to get secrets of the world. If you go back and read devil literature, it'd be like, Puritan Joe, I will give you the powers to control people, but I could just, oh, right? Like, it, it, they're the devil, and I'm the devil. I'm not promising you something. I literally am the devil. I'm El Diablo. Meet me tonight in the woods at midnight. Okay. Eight reasons you don't sell a stock when you should sell a stock. You just can't sell that winner. Okay. In hindsight, I probably should have sold some Apple at 700 I didn't. I probably should have. I probably should have paid the taxes. I didn't. Another reason that you don't sell a stock when you should is you don't want to get rid of that loser, which is the opposite. Well, it's gone from 60 to 6. I'm just going to wait for it to go back up. If you think it's going back up, you need to sell, like, your teeth. You need to, like, start digging up graves and getting gold out of teeth and selling whatever you can so you can make as much money as possible if you're waiting for that to go back up. Another reason people don't sell stocks is they don't know when they are going to sell stock. I'm going to sell Apple at 15 times earnings. I'm going to sell Apple at $700. Set price targets. Another reason people don't sell stocks is they lose their confidence and their convictions. They're like, I don't know what to do anymore. So be confident. Be proud. Love yourself. And then people always try to time the market. Hey, I hope you got something out of today's show. I know I did. Tell friends. Spray paint my name everywhere. RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. It's a load of Friday. No work till Monday. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Who are the winners and losers on Wall Street? Visit Rob Black's YouTube channel for a fresh take on the market each weekday with Rob's morning market notes. You'll also see Rob's winners and losers and find an endless stream of financial insight when you browse hundreds of Rob Black videos. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.